Hello and welcome to this Christian Walk podcast, the show where no topic is too taboo to empower you on your walk with God. I'm your host Marley B and it is my privilege to welcome you back to the conversation. And today we have a special treat for you because I have invited my homeboy Alfonso Settles who has taken the plunge to follow his dream about pursuing acting and modeling and just all kinds of things in the biz. But he is going to be coming today talking about his journey making that transition and how doing so got him to exercise his faith muscle. So today is all about stepping out on faith. Let's get into it right now. Uh, walk with me, talk with me. What you know about God? Will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me. Hear my story. Show me more what's in store. And once more, listen, homie, can you walk? All right, Alfonso Settles. I would like to officially welcome you to TCW. <clears throat> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. Now, uh, for people that don't know, this is my homeboy, Alfonso Settles. We actually grew up in the same neighborhood and went to the same high school. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been knowing you for 20 plus years now. Yeah, yeah, we go back it's, a long time. It's crazy. You remember when we was young enough that didn't know nothing for 20 plus years? <laughs> didn't know nothing. Thought we knew everything. But didn't Thought we nothing. knew everything. Thought we was grown running mm-hmm. those streets. But right. we made it. And we doing good. And this topic that I wanted to bring up, which I figured you was the best person to have for this topic of conversation, um, which is stepping out on faith. Because right now, that's what you're doing. You're you're living your dream. You know, I know you started off, you know, in high school playing basketball. You went on to play um to play basketball even beyond high school and college. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now you're doing something totally different right you're modeling acting you live in the dream so i want to just give you an opportunity to just kind of tell your background on how you started in the realm of basketball and then made that shift over to um acting and film yeah i mean you you pretty much hit it you know you know the history you know where it all started back back at the mckenzie the good old mac people didn't go there Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming out over 20 years ago, you know, trying to, to pursue uh, a professional basketball career. And it was tough. It was a lot harder then than it is for kids to try to go uh, turn pro now. So, you know, that was a task within itself. But, you know, I love the game. I still love the game. You know, even though I don't play anymore, you know, I will get in the jump time, time, get up some shots and, and, and keep my cardio going. But, you know, I'm no longer chasing it as a career. And, and I realized that, you know, as I got older, you know, even though I'm still a young man, you know, in basketball terms, I was getting old and, you know, it just, it was just time to do something different, you know? So the transition came for me, you know, after I stopped playing basketball, like when I legitimately just put the ball down and I didn't have the, uh, the, the thirst to play anymore. Cause I, I just wasn't really having fun. Like I used to, you know, for like a year or two, I didn't really know like what I was going to do, I was just kind of lost because, you know, for, for so many years, basketball was just the goal. It was just basketball, basketball, basketball. Then you know, I had my daughter and, and she took some of that focus away and, and made me kind of rethink what I need to do in life because, you know, you can't play that sport as an old man, not professionally and make it, make some money. So I had to think about what I could do next. And, and the way it happened, you know, I ended up working for this company. Um, I won't say the name, 
but uh, they 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 kind of specialize with, with getting people auditions and, and uh, photo shoots for for whether if you're trying to model or act or do both. So initially for me, um, it started off with the with the modeling, and I had never had any experience with it. I never did it. I didn't know how to walk, you know, model walk. I didn't know nothing about what they was looking for. So when I went to that audition, I was totally totally just out of my element, and I was nervous because. I didn't know what I, I didn't know what to expect or what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they put the music on, I walked and, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a, an American Idol setup. Everybody had to wear the three numbers across their chest. And the line was wrapped around the building. I mean, it had to have been three or 400 people there. It was crazy. And I was there for three or four hours, you know, it consumed the, the bulk of my day. And at the end of the day, my number was called and it was just, it was pretty much no looking back from there. I was blessed enough to book you know, magazines and do other shows. And, and, and I did that for a couple, about two or three years. And then eventually that transitioned over into the acting. Oh, wow. So now I know from knowing you back in the day that you always used to have that dream. You know, we have dreams of being an actor, of being a, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, wrestlers or whatever, the stuff that we see on TV. I remember you mm -hmm. had interest in doing that back in the day. But did you feel like a, a real pulling to do it? Or did you, how did, what made you just say, you know what, this might be for me, other than just trying it out? Because I know you were in an environment where it was like, okay, this is available to you, try it. But it had to be something in you, right? Well, yeah, I mean, for, for me, you know, it, it was something that I always kind of wanted to do. But I just, you know, growing up, you know, we from the inner city of Detroit, you know, we didn't have a lot of opportunity. It was like you either play football, basketball, maybe baseball. And, you know, you try to make it in that. And then, then if you don't, then a lot of cats was turning to the streets. I knew I wasn't going to turn to the streets to try to make a living. So I'm like, man, I got to play. I got to do something. So acting was something that I... I would have done had the opportunities been available to me, but I just wasn't afforded those opportunities at that time. I didn't even be, know where to begin to look. So it was like, well, that, that just went right out the window. But I think, you know, in hindsight, looking back and even to a lot of my teammates that I still talk to and I'm close to to this day, they all tell me like, bro, this was, this was your calling. They're like, this is what you were meant to do. Mm, that, now that's interesting because I was also going to ask you how, how was your response to like your love, uh, like your homeboys, your your loved ones? Was it like, were you talking to these people? Like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this or is this something you just kind of did or? Nah, it was just something I kind of did. You know, my circle is real small. I'm like, so, you know, my, my, my teammates, my brothers, you know, I call them, you know, we don't talk often, mm -hmm. but when we do talk, it's like, it's like we ain't, I could go, you know, a couple of years or a couple of months and not talk to them. But when the next time I do talk to them, it's like, I just talked to him yesterday. Mm -hmm. So it was never nothing that I talked about with anybody about, yo, I'm thinking about doing this. You know, I just was kind of, you know, doing my thing and I just, it, the opportunity presented itself and I just went with it. So when I did that and then everybody started to see different things, they started to see the, the, the pictures from the fashion shows. They started to see, you know, the, see me in the movies. It was like, wow, it just came out of nowhere because nobody knew I was going to do it. I just pursued it and I went with it and here we are. Yeah, and I can speak to that as a spectator, a social media spectator, right? It was just like, mm -hmm. oh wow, Al, he he he's modeling now. And then it's like, yeah. oh wow, here comes these trailers about you doing plays and you then you're doing movies. And it's just mm -hmm. like wow. And all I could think of is he living his dream. I remember yeah. hearing you say that you was gonna be in the movies one day. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then it was just like something that 
you know, you just kind of was like, oh, we just laughed about it. Like, oh, okay. It wasn't like, we was like, oh, you can't do that. But it was just like, right. you know, you hear people say things, but actually putting it into action. You know, mm -hmm. what did that feel like to you? So many people are sitting on dreams that they feel like they're too old for. They feel like they're too young for. They feel like they don't have the opportunities to, mm -hmm. to get there because of their background or, or what people might be telling them. What mm -hmm. does it feel like to just go after it? I mean, it's, it's liberating. It, it, it feels really good because, you know, I, I went through that. Like when I started with the modeling, you know, a lot of people's like, oh, I mean, you're doing great. You look great. But why you wait till you, why you wait till you're so old to do it? And it's like. Because how who, old were you when you started modeling? Oh, uh, man, when I started modeling, I, I, I did my first show. I think I was 38, mm -hmm. 37, 38. So, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I was older. But what people don't realize, your, your chef life as a, as a male model is, is a little longer than if I was a female. See, a female model you know, your prime years are from like 15, depending on what you're doing, 15 to 26, wow. 27. Anything above that, they look at you as being too old. And, and for me, you know, thank God that I don't look my age. You know, you know, you can tell that I'm older, but you don't, I don't look so old that I shouldn't be here. And I didn't care what people thought. And being a model, you have to really develop thick skin, you know, because I was, you know, me growing up, I was always a slim cat. I was always tall, but I was mm -hmm. 190 pounds soaking wet, mm -hmm. you know? So I started to bulk up and, and change my body up and, you know, getting into the modeling scene, they consider me to be a fitness model or, you know, if I was a female, like a plus size model, because, you know, I can't model the typical things because like, for me to try to go buy a suit off the rack is never going to fit me. It's, mm -hmm. It always has to be tailored because my my shoulder's too big and too wide. And then I'm slim in the waist. Like every anything they have in the store, nothing fits me. I hate shopping for myself because it's always a task. Oh, I expensive. get that. You're talking to a plus size girl. I understand the right. need to find something that fits a, a, a specific body type. I get it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so it, it was difficult. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I just felt like, you know, it, it just, this is my calling. Mm -hmm. And I've been told that and I, and I genuinely feel that. Mm. Now with this being this Christian walk, right? We, mm -hmm. I want to go ahead and put it out there. Are you a believer? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, so I, I, nothing would happen. The things that have happened for me wouldn't have happened if, if I, if it wasn't for God. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you for acknowledging him. And you know, you have people out there like, you know, I'm going ahead and say this cuss word because a lot of people, especially in the black community, don't like to use the word Kanye. <laughs> but I think Kanye was right when he said more of God's people need to be in a lot of those industries that pretty much uh, you see a lot of, you know, I would say from lack of a better term, devilish behavior, like the people where they, where they, you know, when you think about the entertainment industry, you think about that's something where the Illuminati and all these other people are running that stuff. But I, it's so refreshing to know that there are people of faith that are standing on faith and believing in God to, to lead them through their journey are in these industries. So I commend you for, you know, proclaiming that, you know, on the path that you're going. So had you run into any situations thus far that made you had to 
I won't say question your faith, but just kind of, you know, consider it consider in it. order to go forward with a project. I'm sorry, you had kind of broke up. Say, did oh, I run no into problem. anybody? Any had, had you ever come up to a, a situation like a, a potential role or a potential show or working with a partic uh, particular uh, project that had you kind of considering your faith on if you would take that project or not? Yeah, I, I have. Um, you know, I've, I've said this before in an interview that I did um, some months back. Uh, I had an opportunity to do an audition. I won't say the name and I won't say the name. I won't say the name of the show because it's a mm -hmm. very, very popular show. It's still coming on as we speak. But at the time, the show hadn't hadn't aired yet because they were still casting for it. Okay. And uh, I got an opportunity to audition for it. And when I say when I saw the name, I was I was I was hyped. I was excited. Like, wow, like my agent, he called me like, yo, you know, check your email. Um, got a big opportunity for you, you know, for this audition. I, I know you're going to knock it out the park. So I'm like, okay, all right, cool. And he don't normally call me unless it's a big deal. You know what I mean? We talk all the time, but for him to call me like, yo, check your email, I knew it was major. So mm -hmm. I went, I checked this email, I went through, I went through the side, I saw who it was from and what, what the show was and I was hyped. So as I got to reading the script or, or the size they send you, so it's not, they don't send you the whole script, they just send you like, you know, a, a couple of paragraphs or a couple of lines of the role that they want you to read and audition for. Mm -hmm. So I'm reading it and I'm reading it and I'm, and I'm reading it and I'm just like, like, what is this? Like, so I started questioning it. So I called my agent. I said, yo, bro, is, is this role, uh, is this role for uh, somebody that's homosexual? Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I, I didn't read the size. I just read where it was from. So I said, well, why don't you read it? And you let me know, because I just want to make sure I'm, I'm not tripping. And, mm -hmm. you know, he read and he was like, yeah, bro, I made a couple calls and yeah, but you know, you can go ahead and still audition, even though, you, you know, I said, nah, man, I said, you know, I don't have, I don't have a problem with the LBGT community, mm -hmm. whatever you went to, that's, you know, that's on you, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the, do the audition and then land the role. And now you kind of stuck with that stigma that they either try to stick the black man in the dress or they try to have you doing some, some homosexual stuff on television. And, you know, I thought about it because at the end of the day, I'm, a, I'm an actor, but I just didn't want to compromise my, my, my position in this industry. So I had mm -hmm. to turn it down. I didn't even do the audition. Mm -hmm. and, and the show still comes on. It's a popular show. I think the person that's playing that role, he's doing a great job, but it just, you know, it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And I get that. So um, I'm, I'm glad that you consider that because some people would just take anything just to just to work mm -mm. right mm -mm. and so how does it feel to just be able to say okay you I feel like you got to the point where because you work consistently I got to tell you that you work like it seemed like as soon as I got that first one where you were modeling they just start yeah. coming back to back you've been in like over a dozen films I don't know mm -hmm. how many runway shows I've seen you have many a uh, few features in different magazines. You've done several radio shows and things like that. So yeah. to be working and not have and be able to say, you know, I can be picky. You know, I can be choosy. Do you feel like you're there yet? Or, or uh, yeah, I mean, humbly, humbly mm -hmm. speaking, yes, mm -hmm. because I mean, just like when you go on audition for something for a particular role, you know, the, the casting people, they the directors, they have the right to say no to you for 
various different reasons and they don't have to give you any of those reasons. They could just feel like you're not a fit and that be that. And that's fine. That's part of the industry. But just like they have the power and the rights to say that we do as, as being actors as well. We don't have to take any movie, you know, if it's something in that film that we don't feel comfortable with, you know, whether it be the content or, or the dialogue or anything, if it's something that don't sit well with us and, and they're not willing to change it for you, then this is not the role for me and I'm not able to do it. And, you know, it's no hard feelings. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. It's part of the industry. So Nice. So what would you say to somebody who was thinking maybe possibly going into that industry? And not so much, well, I, I'll get into overall, but for your industry particularly, what would you say, you know, if they really wanted to do it? Um, if that's what you really, and I say this all the time, if that's really what you want to do and you're serious, you know, do your research, you know, find out, you know, everything that you need to know and find out everything that you need to have and then go after it. Because mm -hmm. the worst thing you could do is not do it. Because then you'll always have that what if factor, like, oh man, what if I had a, you know, went out and auditioned for this, or what if I had a did that? You know, if this is something that you really want to do and you're passionate about, I tell anybody to do it. And not even just in this industry, just whatever you want to do. If that's what you want to do and you're serious about it, then go ahead and make it happen. Because at the end of the day, you're gonna have a lot of naysayers, a lot of people gonna say, oh, you shouldn't do that, or uh, people from Detroit, they, you know, you got to go move and do this, do that. Now, don't get me wrong. You do have to relocate and you do have to travel to do certain things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if that's what you want to do, then do it. Just do it. And the people that are speaking negatively on what you're trying to accomplish, then those are the people that you got to, you know, feed them with a long handle spoon, keep them at bay because you don't need negativity in your head to try to accomplish something that's already hard. You know, you need all the positive influence that you can get and then just go after it. I tell anybody that. Absolutely. And I like how you mentioned, you know, having to relocate because that's that's the nature of the beast. You you have to yes. be able to go where the work is. And yes, so, definitely. but I love the fact that you have been working in Detroit. Like as a mm -hmm. Detroiter, I appreciate Detroit movies. I have to say that. I probably got top three Detroit movies that I love, right? Number one, The Temptations. Number mm -hmm. two, Action Jackson. Oh, yeah. Number three, oh, yeah. yes. And number three, Four Brothers. This was like my top Detroit movie. Yeah. And you know, as a Detroiter, when movies come out and they, you know it's a different, like that movie Detroit, I don't want to dog it. Well, I'm not mm -hmm. in, the, in the industry, so I, but I didn't like. And I was just very disappointed about that movie. And I, I've, I've heard of other movies coming out that people just was just, they just kind of fell short. But when I have to say, when I watched some of these, I was like, these are some good Detroit movies. And, and, one yeah. of, and I watched Deceitful Passions. Let me just say this. Mm -hmm. That movie had me at the edge of my seat. At the end of it, I was like clutching my little fake pearls, <laughs> like... OMG, I did not see that coming. But what I loved about it, not that it was just a hood tale and that it was a hometown tale. It was mm -hmm. that it was really rooted in faith. You know what I'm saying? To me, it was kind of like a, a hood Christian movie. I like Christian mm -hmm. movies. I love movies like The War Room and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, War Room's a good movie. Time. Oh, that was a great movie. I love it. And mm -hmm. that, it kind of put, I love movies that are like that. And usually when you watch those, those those faith-based 
based movies, it's like the small town, the whole town go to the same church and all this other stuff. It was, it was um, even though the, the storylines are different, it's usually the same kind of feel. And these movies give you a hood Christian tale. And I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> did you feel that you know did you do you feel that they are le- there are real lessons in these movies and what do oh, the definitely yeah what are the character what have you what's the, like one of the best lessons that you learn from the care your the characters you've been playing um different things depending on on the film and, and the character's background but speaking of deceitful passions you know seth was more of a uh i cannot word it he, he was kind of a soft-hearted individual. Mm-hmm. And the message for Seth is he wanted a family. And I don't know if a lot of people caught that. Mm-hmm. See, Seth had the money because he was a business owner. In the beginning, mm-hmm. he ran off all the things that he has to do for his businesses. He put his best friend Vito on mm-hmm. because they were best friends since they were kids. So naturally, listen, I'm going to be the money man in the back. You can run everything. You can profit too. But I'm going to let you handle that, and I'm going to run it from the back. But Seth didn't have a family. You see what I'm saying? Vito had a wife. Vito had a kid. Vito didn't value his family because he was still out in the streets doing what he wanted to do with other women. Mm -hmm. So Seth was always trying to steer Vito in the right direction, but he didn't want to listen. And then as the movie played on, you know, I can say because people have seen it's been out, as the movie went on, the things that Vito were doing was putting Seth in a position where even though this woman Seth shouldn't be with because he was soft-hearted and gullible, he fell in love with this woman and he wanted a family with this woman. So when, when, when Vito did what he did to her and messed her up and now she can't have kids, now Seth is, is kind of, he almost snapped because when he left the hospital, he sat in the car with, 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 with Tony like, I'm a killing. Because yeah. now you've just ruined my only chance of, at happiness. You know, even though everybody watching, like, how can you be falling for her, bro? She a stripper. You, she doing this. She doing that. She playing you. But in self mind, he just want a family, and that was what he was preaching the whole movie. But it was a hidden message. Yes. And as the movie played on, Seth, after he calmed down, he realized that he doesn't want to do this to his brother, his best friend regardless as to what happened, but now he's too deep in mm-hmm. because of the things that Vito was doing. Tony like, nah, I want this money. He's sleeping with my wife too. So he got to go. <laughs> and no matter was how- busy. He was busy. Yeah, he was. So no matter <laughs> how much Seth tried to do the right things, you know, procrastinating, you know, he was getting peer pressure from his girl, peer pressure from his other friend to do it. And he didn't really want to do it. And it just was a whirlwind of things that he couldn't control, which ultimately was everybody's demise. Like everybody lost their life behind that. And that is so real of a situation from that, from the way things played out into that movie, just to the way things are in real life. You'd be surprised how small the world is, Mm -hmm. who know who, and you have no idea of, and how people are speaking on you negatively behind your back. And it just impacted that, that, those four or five main characters in that film and it, and it cost everybody their life. So, you know, that was the backstory message for Seth. So, you know, for me, again, the, that message overall was the world is very small. 
watch the people you have around you from friends or loved ones or significant others, quote unquote. You just really have to pay attention to what's going on. Absolutely. And I think life that teach if you live long enough, you will find out how important it is to really be mindful of your circle. You had already yes. mentioned earlier yes. about having positive people around you. Um, mm-hmm. You had the opportunity to really work with some greats. I had a, um, a couple of names there, uh, Rodney Perry, Clifton Powell. Mm-hmm. Who don't like Pink? Mm-hmm. Who don't want to hang with Pink? Exactly. You know exactly. He's, every, he's everybody's favorite character. You know, even if it wasn't from Friday, it was it's something else in his catalog. He's been doing it so long. Exactly. How is it, how is it, you know, really being, not just being around these people, but getting, putting yourself in a situation because you have to take advantage of these opportunities without seeming like a a pest. You know what I'm saying? You know how some, they get it all the time. You don't want to fanboy out, right? But how do you come out, come up and be a professional and really initiate um, important relationships that can help shape you in your career? I mean, at the end of the day, um, when I go onto a set, and it's it's an actor there that's you know been doing this whether it be whether it be Clifton Powell or Rodney Perry, or uh, you know the guy that played Biggie. You know when when I approach them, because at this point, you know they don't view you as a fan, even though you are a fan, and they probably know that. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we on set together, and we are about to work together. Mm-hmm. So you know my thing is I come off you know let's go over the scene, let's rehearse what we got to do. Let's make sure the chemistry is there so we can bounce off each other. And if it's not, we'll, we'll develop that because we have to, to make this storyline be believable. Mm-hmm. And then we go from there. And then, you know, after we get that out of the way, you know, it's, you know, if you're not from here, hey, how long are you in the default? Or how you like it here? Or what's going on? And then they'll start asking questions. And then now we're conversating. And then it just, it just builds from there. It's just like when you meet somebody for the first time, you know, you just kind of vibe and get a feel for them and you just go from there. The only difference is these people are in movies and on TV, but they're still human, mm-hmm. uh, human at the end of the day. So that's all that matters. So it's, it's easy for me to establish the relationship. And I think when we get on set, you know, they see the work ethic, they see the grind and they respect that. And, mm-hmm. and we just go from there. Yes. Be respectful. And you know, for people that's going out wanting to step out their dreams, if you stepping out there, you got to have a work ethic to match. And Definitely. I think that's so important. So being able to be that professional, not just I'm going to try to do this, but to do it the right way, no matter what level you want. I mm-hmm. think that's important. Like you knew from that first audition, I have to, I got to dedicate my day to this. I got to be ready for whatever is happening and be ready to roll with the punches. So yes. when you um are, <laughs> when you think about, where your career the traject the trajectory of your career mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you didn't you've talked about the roles you didn't want to take for whatever reason mm-hmm. what's your what's your ideal role what's that role that you want to play more than anything it's an action movie it's already in the talks too ah um, so you're gonna be the new commando we need a black commando it's we 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 talking about it we get we get some things in order man we get some scripts to, you know getting some get some some writing process together with the scripting and you know we putting some things together but uh that's that's at the top of my list and then doing a horror movie um i have worked on a a, a, a horror uh actually a series it's called demented um i got big vines shout out to him uh, thomas phillips uh you know we me and him been putting our heads together and, and we've been putting a lot of content together uh you know, we can put some things this we're, we're not done yet. Um, still things are being worked on, but 
we 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 got something coming. We got something coming. It's hot. You know, it's called Demented. Like I said, that's going to be a series. And then we got another series called Toxanity, which focuses on toxic relationships, you mm-hmm. know, whether it be between you and your homeboy, you and your significant other. So, you know, we got some things that we, we've been working on. So hopefully uh, before the end of the year is out, we're probably within the next two to three months, we should be done with that. And then we'll look to start pitching and, and, and you know, pushing it to different networks, putting it out there. That's awesome. Oh, toxic relationships. That should be a good one. And we don't oh, yeah. realize how uh, toxic our friendships can be, too. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, those are some of the things that, that, that we focus on. You know, you got to be mindful of the people that are not clapping for you. Oh, yes. and, you know, and I say that, like, you know, humbly speaking, like I see I, I, I see and I only focus on the ones that are supporting, but I see the ones that don't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being, you know, from from Detroit, you know, the inner city. You know, sometimes it's sad because your own people won't support you until you get to a certain level. Yeah. But it's like if you're not rocking with me from the beginning, then when I get where I'm destined to go, don't jump on board. Then. Keep that same energy. You know, you were doing whatever you were doing from afar. Let it be that way when I get where I'm trying to go. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. And and when you think about success how do you define success for yourself for myself success is just being able to do what I love to do motivate people inspire people inspire people to know that they can do this too or whatever it is that they're setting out to do you know being an inspiration to say listen I grew up on the west side of Detroit I'm from the inner city I came from a drug infested neighborhood you know violence everything you know, I have people in my family that were on drugs. You know, I, I my situation, you know, to me is not, you, you know, everybody's situation is different, but, you know, basically I come from nothing. You know, I didn't come from a rich family. Nobody in the family got, you know, I didn't, wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. So everything that I, I have to get or everything that I do have, I have to grind and get it on my own the right way. And mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I'm from, I walked this, you know, me and you walked the halls at McKenzie together. We're from the same neighborhood. So you, you, you know what I mean, where I'm coming oh, yeah. from with it. So I'm no, you know, I didn't have, you know, my opportunity starting out was no better than yours. So you just take what you get and you just try to, you know, you play the hand as dealt and, and you try to try to come up with the best scenario possible for yourself. So that was what I chose to do. Everybody has to have a decision. Mm, it's just which way you're gonna go with it absolutely absolutely and so we know that you know with all the movies that you've done and everything that you that you have already done you we know you in in the in the beginning stages of it do you see Mm -hmm. a relocation in your near future yes yeah definitely definitely um in order to grow you have to relocate you can't you can't grow just being confined to your the, what you're comfortable with, whether it be the blocks that you're from or the city you live in. I mean, eventually, in order to get where you got to go, you're going to have to relocate in order to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to get to the point to where I'm going to probably have to, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm in and out of town a lot now, but in a minute, it's going to be where I have to go and, and stay for some months. But home is home. Detroit is going to always be where I'm from and where I come back to, you know, all my family here, you know, my everything is here. So I'm mm-hmm. going to always be here. Mm-hmm. But I also know to get where I'm trying to go, I got to go 
you know, how long I got to go for. It just depends on the scenario. But you you do have to leave in order to get it. You can't get it just being confined to one place. Mm-hmm. That's real dedication right there. You all the way committed to to this dream. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to come next. Um, I know you got a new movie coming out, right? Tell us a little bit about He Played Me. Yeah, yeah, He Played Me It is a, an erotic thriller. And um, it premiered uh, June 19th here. We sold out four theaters at the Bel Air. And then we had another premiere about two weeks later in Atlanta. Um, it's an amazing movie. It, like I said, it's an erotic thriller. So, you know, if, if you plan on watching this movie, at, which you should, make sure you watch it with other adults. Please don't watch this movie with children because there's some scenes in there that, you know, the, I've the seen kids that don't need to see. Scene. And that's, that's, that's mild compared to some other stuff. But um, no, it's, it's a great movie. It's written by uh, Lisa Brown. Uh, this was her first movie, but it's her real life backstory of things that she went through. You know, this woman has been, she's been shot. Uh, she's been, you know, in, in, in physical and mental uh, abuse relationships. So everything that's portrayed in this movie is not fabricated. It's not added to for the, for the, for the sake of the movie. It's real life and it's gritty. And, and honestly, as of right now, up to date, this is probably for the film, my best work. I can, I can confidently say that. So when, when people see it, because my character, Ja, you know, he starts off as a, uh, he's charming, you know, supposed to be the handsome, tall guy. He's supposed to come in and, 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 and kind of whisk this girl off of her feet, which he does, but he's doing it because he has ulterior motives. Mm. And he's not just having ulterior motives with her, but there are other people, other women in his circle that he's just full on manipulating and just playing games with their heart and they mind and he's really he's just a he's just a cutthroat the worst kind of person you could ever know like he's the type of man when you see him coming you better run the other way as fast as you can but you know it's a it's a great movie um he definitely has a lot of layers that i had to dig into and peel back and um i was just recently told that that's going to show on amazon prime and tubi uh, we're looking at a mid-August uh, release date. They didn't give me an exact date, but they just told me mid-August. So okay. I'm I'm super, 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 super excited for the world to see he played me. You know, we had positive reviews from people that saw it in the theater, and I think the world is going to love it. Well, I'm sure, too, because I, well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And if, it's, if it has, and it's a true story, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything's true. Nothing fabricated. Wow. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, anybody want to see another one? Deceitful Passions mm-hmm. on Prime. OMG. Yes. Yeah. yeah, on Prime, Tubi. Or it's, it's, it's on like six or seven different platforms. I can't yes. remember now. I also watch um, Dear Future Husband. Oh, I really yeah, like that good. one. That yeah. was good. I paid that $2.99 and it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was worth it. So definitely check that one out as well. These mm-hmm. are powerful stories that and it make you think it make you think yeah. and it make it it makes a, it reminds us how, how that all of our decisions have consequences yes they do yes they do uh, you know and and we just have to think about some stuff ahead of time and go in knowing the consequences sometimes and i just, yeah. this stuff reminds you 100 percent 
but I'm super proud of you, homie. I think that you are Thank doing you. a great job. And, you know, as I reach out to people, I want to make sure that I'm reaching out to people who have a story that people can relate to one and also that people can learn from. And on this walk of faith, you know, sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we, you know, we just downplay our abilities, but mm -hmm. you are living proof that we shouldn't do that. When that voice in our heart and in our head is telling us that we're meant for something else, nine times out of 10, nine times out of 10 it, that voice is God and we yeah. should follow it. And yes. I, I commend you for doing that. And I look forward to see everything that God brings to you. And you keep representing him in that industry because we need people of faith standing in every realm. We don't need to act like no realm is not ours because everything on this earth is God. So we need to remember that. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, you know, taking the time and inviting me on the show. I had a ball. You know, you my homie. We go all the way back, man. So it was a no-brainer for me to do this. Yeah, you said, yeah, quick. I was like, oh, he's good. <laughs> like, yeah, like, of course. Like, what do you mean? Like, all we got to do is make sure the schedule is right and we good. We, I got yes, this. <laughs> for sure. Thank you, Al. I appreciate this sure. so much. And no I can't problem. wait to see the movie. Oh, man, I can't wait for y'all to see it either. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, whatever they charge, because I think they're going to be charging initially for it, but whatever they charge, I don't know the price. It's going to be well worth it. You're going to get your mm -hmm. money for it. Trust me. Oh, yeah. I already am. I'm already in there. Well, thank <laughs> you so much. And we're going to have you back because as you continue to move in this journey, I want to keep, I want to continue to lift you up. I want people to see that you out here doing your thing. And I'm so proud of you. Keep on doing what you do. Keep on walking in faith. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I definitely, whenever you're ready for me to come back, just let me know. We'll get the schedule together and, I'm, and I'll be right back. All right. Thank you so much, Al. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. Once again, thank you to my homeboy, Al Settles, for coming on the TCW, sharing his story as he steps out and is flat out walking in faith. Uh, tremendous story. I hope that it spoke to you as much as it spoke to me if you like it please like it please share and definitely please subscribe to my channel remember you can listen to us now on spotify iHeartRadio, and apple Podcasts. so listen for us there if you don't want to watch the whole thing on youtube right but on this walk with god we know the closer that we get the more God is going to ask for us. And not only is he going to ask for us to do things that are going to be great for other people. He's going to ask us to, he's going to ask us to step out to do things that's for ourselves. And when you hear that voice, listen to it. Trust that it is God. And on this walk, I know loving God can be easy. Trusting God can be hard. But I believe we can all get there one step at a time on this Christian walk. I'll see you next time. Uh, walk with me, talk with me. What you know about God? Will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me. Hear my story. Show me more what's in store. And once more, listen, homie, can you walk with me? Talk with me. What you know about God? Will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me. Hear my story. Show me more what's in store. And once more, listen, homie, can you walk? Uh, can you walk? Let's walk.